the service of Quinquagesima, February 14th, 2021. The opening hymn is LSB 706, Love in Christ is Strong and Living. Christ is strong and living, binding faithful hearts in one. Love in Christ is true and giving, may his will in us be done. Love is patient and forbearing, in Christ's humility, gentle, selfless, kind, and caring, reaching out in charity. Love in Christ abides forever, fainting not when ills attend. Love forgiving and forgiven shall endure until life's end. We follow the service of prayer and preaching found in LSB page 260. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. 
Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 31. Be a rock of refuge for me, 
a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief my soul and my body also. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. A reading from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Luke, the 18th chapter. Taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. 
And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What a fitting text for February 14th. While many Americans are deeply enthralled with just how much they love one another today, Paul teaches on love. This is normally read on wedding days, which isn't completely out of place, but often wrongly twisted to be about you. These words are not about you. Now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Consider their place in the scriptures, and especially in light of the other readings today. In the Gospel lesson, Jesus speaks to his disciples of the events waiting for him in Jerusalem. He speaks about his impending death, which will not be an easy one. He will be betrayed, mocked, insulted, beaten, and then crucified. He will rise from the dead on the third day. While his words were clear enough, St. Luke records that his disciples did not understand what he was talking about. Just what was he talking about? He was talking about love. Last week in Bible study, we took a very in-depth look into what love looks like, what love is, according to the Word of God. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
The word propitiation is the word that is the blood sacrificed and poured on the altar to atone for sins prescribed in Leviticus. Love is the sacrifice of God for you. He died for your good, your eternal good. While the world speaks of love and quite a lot, especially today on Valentine's Day, it doesn't know what love is. They speak of love as something that makes you feel good. And if you stand in the way of someone's warm and fuzzy feelings, then you are blasted as being unloving, a bigot, a hater, one who throws shade. If you don't give a gift that causes someone to have that ecstatic and euphoric high emotion of love, then you're deemed as a terrible gift giver and shamed until you can make it up at the next holiday. Reason easily can see the falsity behind this emphasis on emotion. While Jesus was being mocked, stricken, smitten, and afflicted, how good do you think he felt? How blissful was it for Jesus to be nailed to the cross and hanged for the world to see in the hot, unforgiving sun? God's love was for the good of others. Jesus' death was for you. This is not the definition of the love of the world. The world says you must love yourself. If you don't love yourself first, then you can't love at all. It professes an adherence to love the self above all else. You must learn to love yourself, forgive yourself, and after all, you owe it to yourself. With you at the center of your universe, nothing happens without your consent, which means not even God's love is for you unless you give him your consent. But here lies the problem. His love is not fleeting or passing simply relying on us to tell him what to do. The world sees the love of God and is horrified by it. The world cries out, God's love is revealed in the death of his own son on the cross? What a crazy idea you Christians have. That can't be love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more. That cross is nothing but hurting. It surely hurt the man who was nailed to it, and if I believe what you say about it, then it hurts me. Because I have to admit that I am hurting? What a farce you Christians live under. While singing under the banner of love, the world doles out wars, violence, cruelty, and greed. It promotes and applauds actions that are anything but loving. When you hear Paul's text again today, it is strange to think that there is a fight over something as simple as love. I mean, it's love. Now I have to give a compliment to my wife instead of throwing her under the bus like I normally do in sermons. But she doesn't like Valentine's Day. And why? Because she argues rightly that love is not to be limited to one simple day a year. And she's right. The love between a husband and a wife is to be every moment of every day. And this we learn from Jesus. The marriage relationship is one that Jesus uses to teach us something about just how deep and high his love is toward us, his bride, the church. St. Paul describes, If I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. These words are simply understood. One can read the scriptures and speak of things rightly, but 
Without love, they are a clinging noisemaker. One can have knowledge of many things, but without love, it's nothing. One can use their body in all kinds of ways, claiming to be nothing but great acts of self-sacrifice. But without love, they don't gain anything. That is to say, without Christ, your self-serving, self-giving works are just that, for yourself. And as we will be reminded on Ash Wednesday, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. For years, the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13 baffled me. Faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Too often I heard this twisted into the love that I must show to others. I was told that it was my works of love that is greater. I was told that faith is given, hope is a state of mind, but love is what I must do to show that I truly have faith. Now, to be fair, it might not have been taught that way, but that is what I heard. Now, do you hear the falsity in that understanding of this text? It makes it about me, not about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith is important, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Faith is what saves. But faith in what? Faith in whom? That is the nature and the scope of the text before us. Faith and hope find their beginning and their end in love, that is, in Jesus and his sacrifice for sin. The greatest is love because the greatest is Jesus. Faith believes in this death for me, which gives me hope, eternal, everlasting hope. This love is Jesus, so when you hear Paul speak of the nature of this love, you must hear Jesus and love as interchangeable. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. He is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist on his own way. He is not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus never ends. See, this is the very description of Jesus. He's not an emotion. He's not just a feeling of warm fuzzies in my heart. He's not just a moralistic teacher or a nice speaker. He does. He suffered and died. Paul describes the nature of love in mostly negative terms, and he does this so that we can more easily see ourselves. We are not patient or kind. We are jealous and bitter, so we're rude to each other. We're always right, so others must do it my way or the highway. We're irritable. We resent others. We especially dislike it when they tell us we're wrong. We don't bear one another's burdens in love. We don't allow others to help us bear our own burdens. What does this do? It crushes our hope and devastates our endurance. Life becomes too hard, and so we are tempted to turn to ourselves and employ whatever vice and engage in whatever sin makes ourselves feel loved. Jesus did none of these things. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. When he did open his mouth from the cross, we hear him cry, Father, forgive them. 
on the cross of Christ, love shed his blood to cover all hatred of God and the neighbor. Love bore all sins, and his blood is what binds us together. The love of God, Christ himself, was crucified, died, and was buried. Then this love rose again from the dead. He who proclaimed the payment for sin is finished, completed, rose and declared to his bride that his love is eternal. Paul says love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. Tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Prophecies can fail. We have many today claiming to be prophets and speakers for God. When their words go further than what God's word allows, their tongues fail them and they will cease. Some have knowledge, but that vanishes. The most knowledgeable people of all time, even a hundred years ago, we only have remnants of what they knew and even they don't have that knowledge anymore. The gifts of knowledge or gifts of speaking well or gifts of glowing reason all fade over time. Love, that is Jesus, never fades. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This love is to whom you are joined in baptism. In him you are given the gift of eternity. Washed into Christ's death by faith, you have the forgiveness of sins, eternal life and everlasting salvation. Through that blessed act where God's word is joined to water and washed over you, you know of death being swallowed up in victory. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Paul's teaching on this love who is Jesus in 1 Corinthians 13 speaks to these well-known words about being in this love two chapters later in 1 Corinthians 15. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust... We shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. This is the love that we have in Christ Jesus. The events that await Jesus in Jerusalem, his passion and his death, which mark the text for this next season of the church year, are all about love. The greatest is love, because love is Jesus. Let us pray. O perfect love, all human thought transcending, lowly we kneel in prayer before thy throne that ours may be the love which knows no ending, whom thou forevermore dost join in one. Amen. May the peace of God, which truly passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn TLH 623, O Perfect Love.
perfect love, all human thought transcending, only we kneel in prayer before thy throne, that theirs may be the love which knows no ending, whom thou forevermore dost join in Perfect life, be thou their full assurance of tender charity and steadfast faith, of patient hope and quiet, brave endurance, with childlike trust that fears nor pain nor death. <clears throat> Grant them the joy which brightens earthly sorrow. Grant them the peace which calms all earthly strife. And to life's day, the glorious unknown morrow that dawns upon eternal love and life. Amen. We continue with prayer on page 265. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, mercifully hear our prayers, and having set us free from the bonds of our sins, deliver us from every evil. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead, Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying, Christ dies to sin once for all. Living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. Closing hymn, LSB 819, Sing Praise to God, the Highest Good. Sing praise to God, the highest good, the author of creation, the God of love who understood our need for his salvation. With healing balm our souls he fills, and every faithless murmur stills to God all praise and glory. What God's almighty power has made in mercy he is keeping by morning glory. 
is never sleeping within the kingdom of his might all things are just and good and right to god all praise and glory we sought the lord in our distress O oh god in mercy hear us our savior saw our helplessness and came with peace to cheer us for this we thank and praise the Lord, who is by one and all adored. To God all praise and glory. He never shall forsake his flock, his chosen generation. He is their refuge and their rock, their peace and their salvation. As with a mother's tender hand, he leads his own, his chosen band. confess Christ's holy name, give God the praise and glory. Let all who know his power proclaim aloud the wondrous story. Cast every idol from its throne, for God is God and He alone. To God all praise and glory.